caregivers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. We've got another great show lined up for you. But first, let's give a great big thank you to our sponsors. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 First Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Are you currently renting your home? Give Team Aylesworth, Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Real Living First Realty a call. Trust them to help guide you through the home buying process. With interest rates as low as they are, now is a good time to take that leap into being a homeowner. The award-winning customer service team is ready to make you their priority. Call Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Aylesworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Make owning a home your reality today. Thank you so much, sponsors. And thanks to all of you for choosing to tune in today. I know God has something for you today. I could feel it when we were praying before the show, like there is something for you here. I am so pleased to welcome to our show today, Jan Gunderson. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Deb. I am so grateful to be here. Well, we should let everybody know that you and I have been trying to organize this actually for quite some time. And we've both been in prayer and Yvonne and Josh got us in touch with each other. You, of course, have known them for a long time. And you and I just immediately, it's back and forth. It was like, we've known each other forever. Yeah, <laughs> it was it, awesome. We clicked. We totally clicked. That was great. And then, of course, you walked in. And I'm like, yeah, I just feel like I've known you my entire life. So I'm just so pleased that you're here. And let's get let's get our audience a chance to get to know you a little bit before we move into our topic, because we are going to be talking about adoption today and joy around adoption, but let's get to know you. Who are you and and what do you want to share with us? Oh, well, number one, I am a child of God. I have been through great heartache, but God has given me great joy. Everything, you know, there's, there's a verse that, um, nothing is wasted, or, or there's a saying that nothing is wasted in God's kingdom, and he hasn't wasted a single hurt. Mm-hmm. He has just been so, so good to me. I am a mom. I am a librarian. I am a ministry leader. I am a friend. Um, my dear ones, my precious ones, a lot of them call me Mama Jan, so that kind of tells you a little oh, bit about I who that. I am. Yeah. And, and that's who I am. I love this. And I love that you started with, I am a child of God. Of course, that song immediately comes, you know, I am a child of God. I just like want to run to the rooftops there. Because I think one of the things that has really stuck out to me in scripture lately is that there's so many things that people say, well, you have this, you have this, but what we know, like over and like, I am a child of God. He tells us we are his children and we are created in his image. And so, of course, he doesn't waste anything because we are created in his image. So when we really grasp that concept, like, I'm just glad you brought that up. It's really been on my heart. Actually, uh, today, uh, I was actually praying about this this morning, about being a child of God. So thank you for bringing that into the space. So, yeah, if you're listening that maybe that, that might be the gold nugget for someone today. Remember, you are a child of God, Amen. the most high and almighty God. And, and wow. Whew. 
we could do a whole show on that. Yes, yes. <laughs> but of course, we're here to talk about other things like adoption. Um, so let's talk about, first of all, you and I have a million topics we could talk about. And we kind of started praying about it and sifting through. And we both started feeling, no, it is supposed to be adoption and it is supposed to be now. So tell me about why this is on your heart and what would you like to talk about? Well, Deb, my life first is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. And it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ever hope for or imagine, according to the power that works within us, to him be the honor and the glory forever and ever. Mm. And this adoption story that I'm about to share, that's it. That's my exceedingly, abundantly. Mm. I asked for something and I got way, way, way more than I ever hoped for or imagined. Oh, amen. I just, I can feel it, right? Like, even as you just say that first part. Now, I know you're going to share, and and let's call this, it's, it's not even a story. Like, this is a real-life accounting. This is your real-life testimony. I, I like to, to sometimes make that distinction for people, because sometimes we hear the word story, and we think story, right? Made up. Mm-hmm. No, this is not anything made up. This is your real-life testimony. And it's a powerful testimony. So do we start with getting into that or do we start with framing it with some of your concepts? Um, well, you and I talked, Deb, yeah. and um, I, I gave you three sentences that really frame this story. So I also am a, a sequential person yes. and I like things in chronological yeah, order. Yeah, yeah. So how about we do this? Let me tell the story in order, but let's phrase it. Give these phrases out so people know what's coming next. Okay. so Kind of like the chapter headings in the book. Absolutely. So do we want to give them the first chapter heading? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Would you like to share that? I sure would. You know, the first thing is that um, when you pray for rain, be sure to bring your umbrella. And um, so I didn't realize that I spent the first 52 years of my life praying for rain. I didn't always have my umbrella. I was a child who was given up for adoption at five weeks. I never knew, didn't know that I was adopted. It was always, you know, you are special because you were adopted. Um, Because of circumstances, I ended up having childhood PTSD. And uh, so that, that nugget of joy that I think God created in me, you know, we are knit together in our mother's womb. And I was knit together, not just physically, but emotionally. And I was an introvert who watched everything, who told the truth, who also was so good at reading people. And, um, you know, and part of that could be because of the PTSD. Yeah, yeah little hypervigilance <laughs> yeah. in there. Little, but yeah, little but hypervigilance. It, but it serves in some ways, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm an empath. And so I come into a home that absolutely is not prepared for me. And my home was filled with yelling and filled with, with just a lot of dysfunction. And so I always wanted to know more about the family I came from because why was I so different from my adopted family? And I had a mom, a dad, and a younger sister. And... Um, when I was nine, ten years old, I used to sneak into my mom's closet. There was this green file cabinet, 
and I would sneak in and I would reread my adoption papers when my mom and dad weren't home. So I knew that my mother had been 31 years old. I knew that she had been married. I knew that she had other children. And that's kind of all that I knew. But I was just really, really curious about them. And as I got older, I wanted to know more about her. So turned 18 and I went looking for her and about the only new fact I got was that she had been born in Chicago. And later on, um, when I was pregnant with my son, I was told that she had four other children, a boy, two girls, and then a boy, and that I possibly was the result of a date rape, which I remember feeling totally crushed, just the weight that fell on me with that. Um, And that's part of what stole my joy is the fact that you weren't wanted, Mm. that you were an accident, that beyond an accident, you possibly were the child of violence. Um, And and I just kind of watched my joy trickle away. Um, I got my birth certificate opened And I found out my biological mother's maiden name or what I thought was her maiden name. And here they had filled the wrong name in there. So couldn't find her, couldn't find her. I went on a crazy train every year on my birthday. Once the internet started, I would go to the library and I would sit at the library from dusk or morning till night, crying and searching and crying and searching every single February night just looking for her, looking for her. And this lasted many, many, many years. And then uh, in 2013, my biggest joy stealers happened. Uh, In 2013, my friend Pam, on January 1st, we found out that she had died. Hmm. On my birthday, Josh Nifan's little boy, Nicholas, died. And then Carrie Dries died. And Carrie, I am honored to say that I was Carrie's best friend. A lot of people say that they were Carrie or that Carrie was their best friend, but I was Carrie's best friend. And I just started going into the cycle of, of my joy's gone, my joy's gone. 2014 happens, and I said goodbye to my dad, who was my rock. Um, and then two months and two days later, I said goodbye to my stepmother. And Then in 2015, we found out that our son was a heroin addict. And by 2016, my joy was so gone. It was, I look at pictures of of childhood Jan, and I see this smiling child, and I just wondered what happened to get me to this place where I couldn't clean my house, I couldn't do anything. And the suicidal thoughts just came and came and came. And uh, fortunately, I ended up with a counselor who, after I told my story, she looked at me and she said, you do realize you were an abused child, don't you? Jan, you have childhood PTSD. Up until that moment, Deb, I had no idea that I had childhood PTSD whatsoever. And so... um, I began getting healthy. I worked with this counselor doing EMDR. Eventually, I started becoming involved in Celebrate Recovery for my depression and anxiety. 
and saw such an amazing healing. I am so happy to say that my son is five years clean and sober. It, it's just been wonderful. And then in 2018, two of the men that I hold in highest esteem decided that they were going to look for their biological families, and maybe I should do it too. And so uh, Josh, who's sitting across from us, he, he went looking for his biological family, and Carrie Dries's husband, Steve, went looking for his family. And I was the last one to drop the envelope in the, in the mailbox, and I got my results, and I called Josh and Yvonne, and I called Steve, and I said, I have my results. And they all came, just like gangbusters, and everybody had their laptops, and we were sitting there, and when I opened my results, I saw that a lot of my matches had a different last name than what was on my birth certificate. And remember I said that they'd put the wrong yeah. name on my birth certificate. Well, they had put her married name, the name that she shared with her first husband, on my birth certificate. So Steve goes to Ancestry.com and types in Agnes Lauren Tenorio. And the first thing that popped up was her obituary. And there was something in me that knew that she was no longer walking this earth. There was just, I knew it. But um, that obituary also listed all of those exceedingly abundantly things, um, that, that praying for rain thing, because I had four older siblings. I had a sister named Julie, who was almost 13 when I was born, a brother named Dave, who was almost 12, a sister named Carrie, who was almost eight when I was born, and I had a brother named Danny who was five years and four months older than I was. But it also said that Danny had died when he was only 14. Mm. Then I had, so I knew about those four, but then the obituary goes on to say that I had a Quinn brother who's two and a half years younger than me, and I had a Hannum brother who is five years younger than me, and I had a Willie brother who is six years younger than me. So I had seven siblings, six of them who were alive. And uh, I remember Steve kept looking, and I, I went on Facebook immediately, and I found all of them. And Steve kept looking through the Ancestry stuff, and, and Josh and Yvonne were looking through the Ancestry stuff, and Steve says, you should be writing this down. Your grandfather's name is. And I said, no. I'm about the ones who are alive, the ones who are here. So I very carefully worded a very bland message. Hi, my name is Jan, and I am doing some ancestry research. And this is the 22nd of December. I'm doing some ancestry research, and would you ever contact me and tell me about your family? And I hit the send button. 23rd of December. Early, early in the morning, I get a response from Brother Quinn. And he says, yeah, hi, I'm Quinn. I would love to help you. What can I tell you? Deb, I had not thought that far ahead. But the joy that I was feeling and, and my closeness to the Lord that had been developing as I had gotten treatment for my PTSD, it, it just bubbled out. And so we're on Facebook chat. We're not talking on the phone. I got on my knees and I said, okay, Lord, now what? And God clearly and distinctly said, tell 
him the truth. And so I typed to this man who had no idea I existed because I hadn't been named in my mother's obituary, so I figured she probably kept a secret. I said, my mother's name was Agnes Lauren Tenorio Deary. I was born February 9th. She gave me up for adoption because she was a widow with four children and didn't have a way of, of making a living. And he says, no. No, he says, my brothers and sisters would have known about you. They were old enough to know about you. There's no way. And just um, confused and and not knowing what to say. And then Quinn hangs up. Or it doesn't come back on Facebook for a while. And then all of a sudden I get a message. I don't know what it is, lady, but I believe you. And that moment right there. There's the exceedingly abundantly one more time. There is the child that prayed for rain and had to have an umbrella because there was somebody who believed me because I went into this terrified. Now, little did I know that Quinn had sent a message to all of the brothers and sisters and says, why did you tell me mom and dad had, or mom had another child? You know, we should have been finding this person and, and he was he was all freaked out. And, you know, and Quinn and I stayed up and chatted and shared life stories. And, and I sent my wedding picture. And the next morning, my sister Carrie, who is the one who's eight years older than me, called me on the phone. Hmm. And she had seen the pictures. And she said, you look more like our mom than any of the children she raised. Now, not everybody accepted me right away. The um, Quinn and the two youngest boys, they accepted me. Carrie accepted me. But my two older siblings really struggled because, like, like I said, they were 13 and 12 when their mom was pregnant, and she hid the pregnancy. They knew nothing. Wow. She did not reveal anything even to her dying day. So let's just take a moment here. This is a lot for somebody hearing this for the first time. This is a lot to just take in. I just felt like, okay, let's just take a minute to have a breath. So for everybody listening to really take this and go, oh my goodness, this was not just about even. You've got the one set of siblings, another set of siblings. Nobody knew. Your mom literally had... As you said, she hid this pregnancy. They didn't know. And you pray to the Lord. And he says, tell the truth. And Quinn says, I don't know why, but I believe you. Yeah. That's God. That is so God. So God. And there's more. Yes. <laughs> and, and let's keep going. Yep. And right now I'm only talking about my maternal family. I do right. also, my um, biological father is living. I have informed him of my existence, but I haven't gotten a response. Uh, I have four sisters on that side. And I am close with, very close with one of them and close with another one. So there's more. Yes. But um, Deb, I think the coolest part of this story for me is before I went snooping in that green file cabinet, when I was a four-year-old child, I knew I was never meant to be an oldest child. I knew that I had brothers and sisters who adored me. And I knew Jesus. I, I knew as much as I could. 
and he's and I started praying. And so that's the second part of, of my thing is don't stand in the way of a child's prayers. Because as a four-year-old, I ended my nightly prayers every night with, and dear God, please make my mom and my brothers and sisters Christians so that I can live with them in heaven. Wow. So that I can get to know them. And craziness of the story is that on my maternal side, Two of my brothers had not yet accepted Christ, but I knew that my sisters had accepted Jesus. I knew that my mother had accepted Jesus, and now Brother Quinn has accepted Jesus. So we're still working on that last brother, but we're going to get him there. Um, And so I just can't stop smiling, thinking of the fact that a four-year-old's prayers so unformed, so un, even unable to be spoken in a grown-up manner, that God answered those two for me. God, just you make me think about how you know God tells us to come to Him like a child, and there's that innocence, there's that purity, there's that we just say what's on the heart when we're a kid, right? Like, God, please help me, you know, yeah, right? Yeah. Because that's just what we do when we're a child, and. I just love how God just just worked through so many things for this, right? And then to show you those moments, those four-year-old moments, they mm-hmm. mattered. They did. Teaching they our kids did. to pray matters. Right? Absolutely. Like that's absolutely. another piece. That's teaching our kids to pray matters, you know, for those of us that are listening, because we don't know what those prayers are on the hearts of our children too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So here you are now. What? There's got to be more. <laughs> there is. is. <laughs> there is. So, um, you know, one of the things about all of this, I've had almost three three years now of knowing my family. Um, but one of the things is I want to know my mother. And I do know some things about her. Number one, I, I knew, I found out that she roomed me in in her hospital room and women who were giving children up for adoption normally were not allowed to do that, but she fought to keep me in her hospital room for those three days mm-hmm. so that she could hold me. And she gave me my first bath mm-hmm. and held me and sang to me and loved me. And so I knew that she, I was loved and I have to be honest, I've never felt unloved by her. I know a lot of people who are adopted feel that, that initial rejection, but I never felt rejected by her, even before I was old enough to know the circumstances. But one thing that happens is you get to know your family. Everybody has stories that they want to tell about themselves. And I always felt like I was just missing a little piece of my mom. I I didn't know her soul. I didn't know who God created her to be. And I have to step back for, for something that happened um, when Josh and Yvonne were putting Nick in the, the Ann Carlson Center in Jamestown. We had met with a doctor about a do not disturb or do not resuscitate order for Nicholas. And um, we sat there talking about end of life decisions for this little boy that we loved. And Josh finally asked one of the questions that was the most important. And that question was, 
But what happens if we can't make it here? And Nicholas starts to pass away. What's going to happen? And the doctor looked at us and said, I promise you that when that baby dies, I will crawl into bed with him and I will sing him songs and he will never be alone. And I'm not Nick's mom, but I love that little boy so much. That just meant the whole world to me. One day I got this message from my niece, Amber, and um, this is how I know my mom. She said, I'm assuming Uncle Dave and my mom and Aunt Carrie told you about her special gift of being there for people as they passed, holding them in her lap in a rocking chair, singing to them, comforting them, and putting them at ease as they passed away. It may seem a bit morbid to some, but again, this was one of her special gifts, making sure that their final experience before they passed on was a loving, nurturing one, so they felt safe and not scared. And Deb, there's, there's the last part of my puzzle that says, make sure your heart is ready for a miracle. Because right there in that email, I met her in a way that was so real because I'd been on the receiving end of someone promising to take care of my, my loved one who was passing away. And then to find out that that's my mother's essence. That is the, the God soul given by him. And so again, exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever hope for or imagine. This is so real. And as you talk about the miracle, God does perform them every day. He gives us signs and wonders every day. And as you're sharing this, it's just that reminder that he gives them to us. They're right there. And what a beautiful gift that he gave you right there to know her. And I, I love the way you said God's soul. Like, I love, I love that. As you're talking to, I just want to make sure we acknowledge there are women who have been raped and choose to birth their children. Mm-hmm. And you are here because of that decision. And what an amazing gift you are and your testimony and your glorifying of God in this. It's just incredible. I don't know how I cannot give him praise and, and glory because this is, it's, it's a miracle. My whole life, um, I can't go to church and sing a song without grinning ear to ear because of the blessing. Uh, I've been so blessed to to stand next to my brother Quinn in church, both of us hands held high, worshiping God. Uh, Brother Hannum is a pastor. I have watched Hannum's sermons. I've gotten to know my brothers and sisters. My sister Carrie showed up for my 53rd birthday and said, I missed the first 52. I'm not going to miss this one. And she brought me 53 presents, one for every year. And each one was specific to where she and I would have been in that year. Like the year she left for college, 
was a diary with the lock broken off because she said you wouldn't have been able to keep secrets from me. <laughs> so how do you not give God glory? Yeah. You know, and how do you, the, the last thing I have to say is that um, God restored my joy before all of this happened. And I was able to go into this relationship with, with my maternal siblings and my paternal siblings, a healed person. So I was able to go in with no expectations of them. And what I love in this is that because you were in that place, everything also worked right. Because you were ready, they could receive you that way, and God was just glorified that much more. Jan, you are amazing, and your testimony is amazing. And I just want to thank you so much for coming in to share your story. Do you promise you're going to come back? I promise I will be back. <laughs> because we have a lot more to talk about, and I know that this is our topic for today, but I just want to thank you so much for sharing your heart. I want to thank you for being vulnerable and bringing your bravery and courage, and I just want to thank you for glorifying God. He deserves it all. He absolutely does. To God be the glory. So, Jan Gunderson, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you found the inspiration that you were seeking today as well. And we want to remind you to go out, live joy, and share joy. Live joy, share joy, shine your light to the world. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.